Right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Me, Myself and Hopefully You podcast. I'm your host, Tariq, a 19-year-old university student currently experiencing a midlife crisis as he has no idea what he wants to do with his life. So rather than see a career advisor or a therapist, I decided to start a podcast where I invite guests from an array of backgrounds to tell me their story. And whilst finding out about them, hopefully I can find out more about myself too. So if you can relate, or maybe you just want to see where I end up, join me every Sunday right here. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest at this time is a believer, a dreamer, and most importantly, a doer. She took a pause from her education at one of the greatest universities in the world, Harvard, to pursue her dream to get the world to stop strolling and start living. She is the CEO and founder of Clicks, a platform looking to take the world by storm and revolutionize the way we interact, allowing us to be social in an ever-constant anti-social environment. And she did all this by the time she reached 21 years old. Please join me in introducing Alix van der Vorm. So Alix, I just want to sort of start off by asking you some quick five questions, um, like I normally do with my guests just to sort of get to know them a bit more. The first thing, it might be a random, it might be a completely random question, but what is the last thing, last photo on your camera roll? Uh, the last four on my camera roll is probably uh, four pictures of the gym uh, and the beach. So I'm currently in Cancun uh, trying to get to Boston. So I'm quarantining here. Oh, okay. Where, where was that again? Sorry, where you're currently in? In Cancun, Mexico. Wow, you're in Mexico. That's crazy. <laughs> I'd love to go to Mexico. Um, uh, my next question is, um, who is who would you say is your number one role model? This is a very good question and one I haven't put much thought into. Um, I would say I stray from having one specific role model because I think there are a lot of different lessons you can mm. learn from a lot of different people. Um, but if I had to push you for one, I, I, yeah, I, I would always push yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> when I was a kid growing up, I was always a big fan of Meredith on Grey's Anatomy, which isn't exactly an in real life model, but <laughs> I was always very inspired by her kind of dedication to her work, as well as the fact that she managed to remain quite social um, yeah. and pivot in difficult situations. All right, brilliant. I mean, that, that quite, kind of relates to um, sort of what you do, I guess, about how you manage to have, you know, work really hard, but still maintain a social life. That's kind of the reasoning behind a lot of the uh, things that you do, but we'll get onto that later. The final quick fire question is if you were in a house fire and everyone was safe, right? Everyone survived, but you could only save one thing, what would it be? Um, I think, yeah, good question. I think I would save my roller because uh, I used to be a competitive runner and without my roller, I'd be nothing. So either my roller or my running shoes would definitely come. Oh, up. okay. What's a roller? Uh, it's like a, it's kind of like a, a circular cylinder that runners yeah. use to roll their calves and quads. Um, oh, a foam roller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, foam roller. Ah, okay, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, I run it as well, but I mean, I'm sure you're a million times better than I am. But we'll get we'll get into it as um uh, straight away. Um, sort of the first thing I'd like to do is just sort of introduce yourself and and clicks and your app um to to the audience who who don't know you or might not be as familiar with you. Yeah, awesome. So obviously my name's Aleeks. I'm actually Dutch ethnically, though I grew up in London um, and my dad lives in France. So super European. Um, I then went to boarding school in the UK, was very science-y. And then I went to study um, neuroscience at Harvard. I took a year off before going to Harvard. Uh, and on my gap year, I ran marathons competitively. And I also worked for a subdivision in the UN, uh, subdivision of the UN in Togo, 
focusing on human rights and unfair imprisonment, uh, which was very engaging. Um, and then at Harvard, I studied neuroscience with a minor in CS and government. Um, and I'm two and a half years in, and I'm taking time off. And it was really into my time at Harvard that I had two key insights are what led to the genesis of clicks. Those being, uh, which I often talk about, those being that I, I looked around me and I saw that people really weren't that happy. And I, I wondered what the cause was. And I realized that it was social media wasn't making them more social. In fact, they'd spend so much time scrolling when they could be out hanging with their friends. And when they scroll, they compare themselves, they judge, they feel judged. Um, and I was really realizing this and the fact that the current social networks just report on moments that made me realize there's room in the market and space and a need for an app that helps actualize moments. And so Clicks really came from a place of wanting to help people make more of the moments they love with the people they love rather than spending time just voying. Yeah, I mean, I, I did uh, come across the app. Um, uh, one of your team members sort of um, told me about it and I started looking at uh, the, the website and learning more about it. Uh, your, your, your motto is stop scrolling, start living. I, I mean, I love that motto. Uh, and that is sort of what you just sort of said is you notice that people were scrolling on social medias on Instagram, YouTube, whatever, but you, they weren't living life. They were almost being social, they were almost being social, but also antisocial at the same time um, because of this constant, you know, scrolling kind of world that we live in. Like, you know, I'm, I, I, we, we all scroll for like an hour on Instagram, but if I told you, can you remember one thing that you scrolled through on Instagram? You just Precisely. be like, no, I can't remember. And that's okay. not living, like you sort of said. But what sort of at Harvard, you know, you're at one of the most elite universities, one of the most elite schools in the world. But you decided to sort of go, you know what, I'm going to do something else because I know it's a problem right now. That is a very big decision to make, especially because it probably took you a lot of work to get into the school um, and to sort of go, nah, my calling is something else. What sort of made you go, yeah, I've got to, I've got to get out of this. I've got to, I've got to chase my, my dream. Agreed. Super good question. So I did. Getting into Harvard was the one thing I really wanted my whole life. It was the best day of my life getting in. I worked harder than I can even remember to get in. So leaving is a very rogue choice. Um, but what it was was really understanding the pervasive kind of misery that I believe this was causing. And misery is a very strong word, but uh, over 78% of people report that after using social media, they feel uh, in insecure or not good enough. And through like a wide variety of my friends either have subsequent eating disorders or anxiety disorders or depression and seeing that so much, although of course not all, is rooted in social media and their comparison of what they believe to be other people's perfect lives um, and sucking the time to live their own best life made me realize that this is a problem I didn't want to wait to fix um, because I believe the time is now. I think people are generally realizing that social media can have negative implications, that maybe it's not the best use of their time. I'm sure some of your friends have said they're going on an Instagram detox and the yeah. like. Um, and realizing that the timing is now for a player to come in and really mix up the space and try and cause a social movement and take advantage of the current social movement to do some good um, is what made me realize there's no time to wait. And so how, so before I go on to um, more about clicks, what was the sort of reaction your parents or, and your friends sort of gave when you went, yeah, I'm just going to drop out of one of the best universities in the world um, to do this crazy thing and be a self, uh, an entrepreneur at 21, a very young age, to just go on and be extremely independent. You know, school, college, university, they keep you in a nice safe bubble until you're a bit older. You just sort of went, 
you know what, I'm going to do one from the best, one of the best in the world, and I'm going to go out on my own. What sort of, uh, what was your, what was the reaction to that? Yeah, so this question actually prompted me to re remind myself that my role model is actually my dad, and it's very oh, much okay. emphasizing that his answer, I think he barely really acknowledged it and just humorously responded, well, of course, all the most best performing Harvard people leave halfway through. Look at Bill Gates, look at Mark Zuckerberg. I, we all knew it was going to happen. Um, and I thought that was quite funny because he was very yeah. kind of uh, just relaxed about it. However, my mom took more of a, well, no, obviously you're going back. And she was, she's a huge fan of clicks. And she, I so appreciate her support and she couldn't believe more on the mission. And mm. so I said to her, if you believe all these great things about what's going to happen and how much change I can invoke, how on earth will have time to do college as well? She said, no, you can manage it. You, you know, you can just manage it. And, and so she, it was kind of a real, um, she just wouldn't be, she couldn't accept it. She, yeah, she thought she it was amazing and she wanted everything. I had to explain to her, you can't have both. Um, so that is still quite contentious. Uh, but on my dad's side, he, he's pretty happy with it. Yeah. So he was all, he was all into the dream, like Bill Gates, Zuckerberg, they left, went on to do great things. And he believed sort of you straight away. I mean, I'm sure your mum believed you as well. But I think your mum sort of saw that Harvard was the safer option. It was a great university. Yeah. You'll get a job at the end of it. Like you'll get a salary at the end of the year. Whilst with this, you're going out on your own. Um, and so as a 21-year-old, were you 21 when you started this process? Uh, no, I was probably 20, just before 20. 20. Okay. So you're, you're, you would have only been a year older than I am right now. And I can't imagine me just going, you know what, forget university. I'm going to go set up my own company. I mean, I guess I started this podcast, but I can do this on the side. With setting up your own company and, and wanting to do what you want to do, you had to start, you had to drop out. At that young age, how did that feel? Because you're entering a big man's world. And I say man because it is, you know, a big man's world. And you're a 20-year-old, you know, essentially a 20-year-old girl. Agreed. Agreed. Well, first of all, I haven't officially dropped out. I've taken time off. And luckily, Harvard are very flexible with how long I would have to complete it optionally. Yeah. Um, but in terms of man's world, I think what Clicks is trying to do is kind of revolutionary. And we're really trying to mix up the space and mix up the current way we schedule things with our friends. And I think, in my opinion, there's no one better suited than someone who isn't from someone who's maybe naive to actually mix it up um, and to get people to listen and people to think twice. So I would say I'm probably better placed than a big man in this big man's world. That is true. Yeah, you are probably better placed than sort of the corporate man in a suit or even the corporate woman in a suit that doesn't know as much about social media, doesn't know the effects of sort of social of, of constantly being on social media. So I, I want to ask you about clicks specifically. So what does clicks actually do? So say the app, obviously the app hasn't been released um, yet, but when I open the app, what is it going to do for me? Or what, yeah. is, what, what is it? So the way I like to describe it to people in my generation uh, is it's essentially Tinder, but instead of swiping on other people, you're swiping on things to do with your friends. And this is really where the idea came from for me. So many of my friends were on Tinder and Bumble and Hinge, and I just found it so boring swiping through other people when I didn't want to meet someone online. I just thought, I wish I knew which of my friends were around, who was available to do something with me. I want to go to the gym and I always go alone, but there must be someone I just don't know about. Mm. And there are only really two friends we can text daily on WhatsApp. I'm sure there's a remainder of around 20 to 30 for most people who we'd love to do stuff with, you know, go for dinner, go for a coffee, study in the library. But we, we fall out of touch because we assume the person's busy. We don't have time to communicate. So this app is really going to be a touch point for all of that. And say a menu where you can open the app and see today, tomorrow, next week, this weekend, which of your friends are around to do what, who's looking for someone to 
join them on these activities. And then when there's specific things you want to do, you can post a card and that card could be running Sunday morning, who's available or at least wants to go to Soul Cycle. And then you will choose who you send this card to. The default will be to all of those people on your close friends list um, on click. See, we presume to be the optimum number or you can send it to your sports circle, which the algorithm will be able to oh. which small number of people you generally like doing sports with, uh, or you can just target it to a few, but you send this card, that card will be in their deck um, of the people you send it to, and they can swipe yes or no. If they swipe no, no friction, you know, it was just a simple question. If they yeah. swipe yes, you, you have someone to join you on a spontaneous moment you wouldn't otherwise have. See, I love that, spontaneous if there's one thing the pandemic taught me was about spontaneity and just sort of you know we've not got everything in the world to do now so many things have shut down let's just go for a walk so I'd message my friend and I'd go oh do you want to go for a walk and we'd go for like a four-hour walk and I remember at the end of it we were just we said to both we said to each other we were like why haven't we been doing this knowing each other like just have that sort of spontaneous spontaneous sort of you know activity there's so much even outside the pandemic there's so much stuff to do and so we all just sort of sit there and we wait for someone to make plans with us. I was, I was that person. I would always wait for someone else to make plans with me. And I, and I, I got to a point where I started feeling sorry for my plans with me. So I went, you know what? I'm going to start making plans by myself. And I'm going to start, I'm going to start asking other people. And if they say no, that's fine. And what I noticed is you weren't even your close friends. Or do you want to go do this? And they'll be so shocked by it. But then they'll be so intrigued and they'll be like, yeah, let's do it. Like we barely know each other, but let's just let's get to know each other. And that's okay. why I like this app. I, I, the, the sound of this, and that's why I really wanted to get you on when Jonathan told me about it. Because I said, this is the sort of thing that the world, not only right now, but also after the pandemic, really needs to think where people can be social um, in an environment that is essentially antisocial. 100%. And it's really that pandemic environment, like you say, the reason you started texting your friends go for a walk it's because the barriers that were previously in place weren't. And what are those barriers? Maybe you assumed he was busy. Maybe you assumed he was at work. Maybe you assumed he had better things to do. And Clicks is really trying to remove that deficit and that communication deficit and that towards putting yourself out there. Because in essence, Clicks will be the suggester. Exactly. Like it was that. And, and, and what I like about Clicks is it sort of is removing that barrier. And it, it removes that awkwardness of asking someone to do something because now we can all sort of, because no one wants to go on their social media and put up, oh, I'm free to do this. Does anyone want to do it? Because it's like, oh, no, that's awkward. That's cringy. That's whatever. By doing, having this app, you can almost do it in an anonymous way, but also do it in a way that people know that's you. And then, like, if you want to go to the gym on Sunday or if you want to go for a walk, you can just put it there. And then you can get someone that maybe is really close with you or not so close with you. And that's a friendship that you've made. And, again, that exactly correlates with your sort of motto of living because living is also about developing relationships, which is why I started this podcast. I wanted to create relationships. I wanted to learn more about other people. Um, so I sort of, moving on from that, I know you don't have all the time in the world. So I'm trying to rush you a bit. I apologize for, for the listeners if it's, it's been really quick, but uh, I am very excited as well. Um, you can't just sort of drop out or leave Harvard for a bit and create an app. You need funding for it. Uh, so Jonathan told me more about the Series A funding that you've been doing. Um, I, I, suppose I, I didn't do business. What's Series A funding? Yes. So the way business works, and currently we're actually in, in our 
series series a is you have multiple stages and different companies call different stages different things mm. seed round or angel round is where it starts and that tends to be a friends and families round um normally in startups and it is anywhere really under 200k dollars um it's really just a not it can be anything from ten thousand dollars depending on what you're doing to two hundred thousand dollars or pounds um and that's really an app just to kind of get get some proof of concept get something in the works uh and then typically after that you do a seed round um, which can be anything from say one to five million, though these numbers are very subjective and different people will call different rounds, different things. Um, and then when you get to series A, that round tends to be more around a five mil to 10 mil size. Okay, wow. um, and then series B, C, D, it gets bigger. Um, and generally okay. post series D, a company would say IPO or just. Oh. Sorry, uh, I, 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 uh, you, you cut off that IPO. Yeah, so generally around Series D, a company would either IPO or be self-sufficient because, and their company would be profitable and hence not need funding. And we're currently oh, okay. at the seed, seed stage, um, so we're pre-Series A. So and how, 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 how does that feel then? So you're about to get into Series A, that big leap. Again, you're still extremely young, you know, 21 years old. Uh, to do this is, is, is pretty incredible. And the figures that we're talking about, you know, you sort of mentioned 1 million, 2 million, etc., that's a lot going in. And these people are investing not only in sort of clicks, but also you. Uh, how, how are you dealing with that sort of pressure um, right now? And, and how are you going to deal with it in the future, do you think? Yeah, so I remember when, before I signed my first investor, my first check, uh, the night before when I realized this person was actually wiring money the next day, I got massively cold feet. I went to my mom. I was like, you don't understand. People putting their money in me. It's on me. Like, it's only on me. There's no one else who's responsible for this. And I think in that moment, it was very overwhelming and that you really understand someone's putting their faith in you. And although I have faith in myself, you also understand that any startup really depends on a lot of luck and a lot of public support, um, which is what Clicks is hoping to garner. So at first it was very overwhelming and I realized there were things beyond my control. Uh, but then I realized these people are experienced, you know, investors investing in companies like this, they've done it before. They know what to look for. When they have faith in someone, it's for a reason. So it kind of went from overwhelming to validating and kind of reaffirming because I realized I must be doing something right if people can have so much faith to, to risk their hard-earned dollars on me. Mm. Uh, but I'm sure the bigger the, the funds get, the more overwhelming it will become also. Yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, you do come up, like, especially when you're talking about clicks and even when, when your, your, your fellow team members are talking about it, they're very passionate about clicks um, and about what you want to do and why you want to do it. And I think that is probably helping why, you know, people are willing to fund it because they go, you know, this girl really knows what she's talking about. This is someone that's targeted at her demographic. Uh, and it's something that, I mean, she was willing to drop, well, partially drop out of Harvard. I'm going to say drop out of Harvard. It just sounds better. Um, but she dropped out of Harvard for it, yeah? Uh, like, it's sort of, it shows that you're willing to take the risk and that you genuinely believe in it. You're not someone that's just going, yeah, I've got this, give me a load of money. You're saying, look, I genuinely believe in it. And it definitely comes across, and I hope it comes across to everyone listening uh, and watching. Thanks, sir. Um, you can use dropout as long as my mom doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so my next sort of, um, you know, one of my final questions is, is at what, what stage are we at? I, I know you sort of said it's in the seeding stage before the Series A uh, funding stage. What stage or how far are we away from it being similar to Clubhouse? Uh, which is a, a new app that sort of come back. I'm not familiar with it. It's not available on Android yet, apparently, which is a bit stupid, but okay. Uh, it's not available on Android, so I can't, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with it yet. 
but what stage are we at from it to be releasing uh, for for it to be released to the general public? Yeah, so where we're at isn't actually that December from Clubhouse. We hope to launch our private beta on the first of April, and that basically means you need an invite or you can't download the app. Mm. Um, and then we'll be releasing it in waves to people on our uh, ever-growing waitlist, and they will be able to invite their friends. So they'll have, like Clubhouse, a handful of invitations each, though obviously more, as we want to make sure they have people in their circles to connect with. Um, and so that will happen around April when people will be able to get an invitation. And then when we actually down put it on the App Store and it's available for anyone and everyone to download, I really couldn't say. I would say probably, though, if I had to estimate maybe three to four months from now, uh, maybe less, depending on how the iteration goes and how that process goes. But mm. I think at the beginning, it will be quite helpful to have it as a waitlist-only app as it helps people really get to know it and get accustomed to using it and inviting people and understanding that this is really an app that is designed to connect with the people you meet up with. I was actually having a great conversation with our product manager this morning about how at the beginning, you can't be friends on clicks unless you've actually done something together in person. And that's how we're mm. going to keep the waitlist really you've both done this activity you can't be friends so it's really emphasizing that you should pick carefully who you're friends with on clicks and to, to avoid precisely the point you made a minute ago which is you don't post on facebook saying i want to go to the gym why but you probably have a bunch of people you don't know all that well and you're either shy to post or don't want them to answer and clicks is really meant to be a platform for your nearest and dearest and i think opening up slowly will really emphasize that brilliant um my final question uh before i let you go because like i said i know you're busy is i mean this sort of question i normally ask you know someone that's in their 40s 50s 60s you know i had someone that was 70 that i asked this question so i'm, I'm going to sort of change the question i normally ask them what advice would they give to their 15 year, year old younger self sorry their 15 years younger uh, yeah 15 year old younger self but that was only a few years away from you so i'm not going to ask that but i'm going to ask as someone that as my, the majority of my audience is sort of young people uh, a lot of them going to university a lot of them have no idea what they want to do sort of with their life and I understand if you yourself still don't know what you want to do with your life even though you've got this sort of amazing idea what advice would you give to someone that's still searching for their clicks or for their idea that will help them drop out or you know find what they want to do yeah so I would have two main pieces of advice the first would be I was in that situation just this time last year I had good grades. I had interest in my subjects, but just no idea how that could translate into the real world. And I saw people around me, you know, on the pre-med track, et cetera, becoming journalists, knowing what they wanted to do. And it was really unnerving because I just had no idea. And I thought I haven't decided in 21 years what's going to change. Um, so I really like to emphasize to the watchers that are in that position that it will change. Life works in mysterious ways. And if you follow your path, something right will fall into it. So just wait for that to happen. Um, and then on the other hand, I would say, don't be afraid to try something. Someone gave me a really great piece of advice a few days ago, which was, if you're too scared to break something, don't bother starting. Um, and one really needs to accept from whatever journey one takes in life, be it entrepreneurship or other, that one will make mistakes, but part of these mistakes are part of an iterative process that leads to success. And people are so keen to point to their failures, but they should remember the successes that either underlie or follow those failures. So. The only way to be sure you'll fail is if you don't start. So if you have an idea or something you're passionate about, there's literally nothing to lose in going out there and doing it. And I couldn't emphasize that enough to anyone watching. 100%. I mean, I feel like we're quite similar in that sense. Like, that's why I started this podcast. Um, I mean, another member of your team, Ben, sort of asked me, you know, I'll tell him more about the podcast. The whole point of the podcast was because I had no idea. 
I sort of, I, I enjoyed the subject that I'm doing, but I just want to know what I want to do after that. And I see all these, my friends, all the people that know what they want to do. They want to be a doctor. They want to be a journalist. They want to go into media. They want to be a com- computer scientist, etc. And I was just like, I don't know what I want to do. So I decided I want to start this podcast. It's a brand new, brand new podcast. I want to start it so I can hear about other people's stories. And in an attempt to learn more about them, I can learn more about myself. And that's my sort of process through. And that's why I wanted to get you on. Uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure, uh, Alex. I've really enjoyed having you on. Uh, I will leave sort of all the descriptions to the uh, uh, to the, the sign-up list or the waiting list for the app. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much, Alex. Thanks, Kat. It was an absolute pleasure to meet you. And the, this podcast so inspiring. I couldn't think of a better way to try and work out what you want to do. But thank you so much for having me. Brilliant. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you guys sign up to the waiting list linked in the description. Uh, I can't wait for this app to be released, to be honest. I genuinely do believe it could revolutionise the way we interact, uh, especially after the pandemic. Uh, and we can hopefully soon uh, meet up with each other. Uh, we meet up with each other again, and we don't have to do things on our own. Um, or if we do do things on our own, it's on our own accord. And it's not stopping us from going to the gym because we don't have a gym buddy or go, going for a walk because we don't have a walking buddy because clicks is going to allow us to do that and do those things that we're sometimes afraid to do alone. But if you enjoyed this episode, please do give us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to share us on your social media platforms and tag us on Instagram at me, full stop, myself, full stop, and full stop, hopefully, full stop, you, full stop, podcast. And not a full stop at the end there. Um, Until next time.